eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into Hog Hoops Live, episode number 11. I'm your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me alongside Trey Biddy and Danny West on the team over at hogsports.com. Folks, the Razorbacks are rolling. Rattled off their seventh straight SEC victory last night over a very, very good Florida team. We're going to break down the big win over the Gators, preview what is a potential trap game this weekend, and take a big picture look at what last week meant for this Arkansas program. All that coming your way today on Hog Hoops Live. All right, everybody, as always, before we get started, I do want to give you a quick reminder of all the ways that you can watch or listen to the show. You can like our Hog Sports page here on Facebook. You can subscribe to our Hog Hoops Live YouTube page and go back and check out all the videos. You can also find us everywhere you listen to your podcast, whether that's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, in the same place that you listen to Hog Sports Live on a weekly basis with Trey. Throw us a like, a five-star review, leave a comment. All those things are greatly appreciated. Let's get this stuff out of the way. Okay, wow. A lot has happened in a week since the last time we met. The last time we were on here, we were talking about the big win over Kentucky in Rupp Arena. Well, Arkansas followed that up with a top 10 win at Mizzou. That resume win that everybody wanted to get. Go on the road, knock off a top 10 team. You know, naturally, a lot of folks wanted to discount it because Jeremiah Tillman didn't play for Missouri. Well, I mean, does, does Arkansas's loss to the Tigers in January not count because they didn't have Justin Smith? You know, I think being without players from time to time, that's just part of the game. I do wish Jeremiah the best, you know, as he, as he deals with a, an unfortunate death in the family. Uh, got to cover him for several years when he was at East St. Louis. Good kid, terrific player. You know, some folks were skeptical before that game with, with kind of that mindset of, Ah, you know, Arkansas is getting close to being ranked. They, they always lose when they get to this point. They can't get over the hump. Wrong. They won. They did get over the hump this time. Vaulted into the AP Top 25 at number 24. Cool. First time being ranked since 2018. You love to see it. Arkansas belongs in the Top 25. For what they've done this season, for, for what they should be as a program on a year-to-year basis, that's where Arkansas should be. But they got there, and then again, some stinking thinking starts creeping in, right? I, I saw a lot of it. Uh, hogs are ranked. They're going to get comfortable. It's going to be short-lived. They don't play well when they're ranked. Wrong again. 
And you're probably happy to be wrong if you're one of the folks that felt that way, right? This coach, this team, they're starting to change the narrative, right? I mean, there's still doubters. It could be segments of, of the fan base, media, talking heads, whoever. That's always going to be the case. But this team in particular, I think, has done a really good job of shutting off the outside noise, performing, and with every game, they're giving people more and more of a reason to believe. That's exciting if you're an Arkansas fan right now. And I'm not saying they're not going to lose another game this season. In all likelihood, they probably will. Maybe next week. It's a, there's a tough road ahead. Right? But that doesn't change the trajectory that this program is on. So on to last night. Let's, let's talk about this Florida game. You know, in this weird, wild, and, and crazy COVID season, Arkansas <laughs> welcomes in a, a really talented Florida team last night who hadn't played a game in two weeks because they'd been on pause, right, with, with some positive cases and, and things of that nature. We've seen it over and over this season. So then you really didn't know what to expect from the Gators. You know, who, who would be available? Are they going to be rusty? Are they going to be rejuvenated and fired up? You know, are, are they out of shape? Or do they have their legs back? As it turns out, they had all their guys, besides Kante Johnson, of course, but they had all their regulars, and, and really they were a combination of all those things, rusty, rejuvenated, out of shape at, at different points in the game. I think we saw a little bit of all of that, right? There's a weird feel before the game. I was one of very few media that was able to make it out uh, with all the winter weather and the storms. That, that's not a knock on all my friends. I, I'm just fortunate enough to literally live like a stone's throw away from campus. It was, it was easy, straight drive for me. It took me three minutes. So I got to go, but you know, you get there and one, one of the entrances is closed because a water pipe had burst. So they had a bunch of standing water in the lobby. I guess somebody left one of the, one of the truck tunnels open. Uh, and it got real cold in the in the arena for a while, so they were trying to warm it up. You know, obviously not that many people could get out. The crowd was small, but listen, they were rowdy. And let me address this real quick. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of debate about the student section getting after uh, Tyree Appleby from Florida last night, Jacksonville, Arkansas native. I think some folks feel like he was kind of singled out because he's you know an Arkansas kid that isn't playing at Arkansas. That's, that's really not the case. You know, I mean, the students pick a player, usually it's the point guard, before every game, and they boo the guy relentlessly You know, every time he touches the ball. They did it to Devin Smith uh, for the Mississippi State game last week, the last home game. So I, I wouldn't read that too much into that. You know, it kind of gets in their head a little bit, but they're always going to pick a guy. Maybe they picked him because he was, you know, from Arkansas, whatever. But, uh, you know, I, 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 won't, I don't think it was anything malicious, right, or, or anything like that. So I, I wouldn't read too much into that. Just the student section being active, having some fun. You know, Florida hadn't played since February 3rd. Was they, they, they practiced. Uh, early on with seven or eight guys, I think Mike White said they had you know five scholarship guys and a couple walk-ons. They had their they had their full team, most of their team back the last few days before they came to Arkansas. Uh, but but playing a game is different, right? So you kind of wondered, you know, if they're going to show some rust and if it would take a while for them to get their game legs back underneath them. If you played, you know what I mean by game legs. It's just a little bit different. I think Must probably thought the same. You know, he compared. Florida's situation to Michigan's, uh, where a team comes off pause like that and they play really, really, really well because they, they have some time to get healed up and then they're dying to get out there and play. They're hungry. 
And this is actually kind of similar because you think about Michigan's pause. They, they came off a pause last week um, over the weekend. They kind of slogged around in the first half. Then they really turned it on in the second half and, and blew Wisconsin out of the water. Wisconsin's a good team. Kind of saw a little bit of that from Florida. You know, they were, they were sloppy out of the gates. Uh, a little unsure, you didn't have a real good flow, and there were a lot of holes in their defense early on. And then, you know, to Arkansas's credit, on the other hand, to me, they did not look like a team that got fat and happy with a national ranking, right? I mean, they were swarming defensively, hands everywhere early in the game, really aggressive in transition. I thought that was a key early on. Arkansas was pushing that thing up the floor hard, beating Florida back a number of times. I thought in the first half, Arkansas showed good poise and really moved the ball efficiently against Florida's press. They, they showed some different pressures. Uh, they were mixing between man and zone on defense. I, I thought Jalen Tate, really everybody did a nice job of recognizing what Florida was in, being patient, and then picking that thing apart and finding the seams. The ball was really moving, really moving in the first half. They looked good. It kind of looked like the Hogs were going to run away with the game, but I did think that Florida showed a little bit of spark in the last couple minutes of that first half. It's almost like that that switch kind of flipped there in the last two or three minutes. They maybe they found their game legs and, and kind of got their second wind. Uh, now Arkansas got the big play right before the half, uh, where Justin Smith had the little behind the back dribble. He beat the press by himself, threw the lob to Connor Vanover for the dunk to go up ten at the break. So you snagged that momentum back. But still, even at halftime, I, I, I'll admit, I text some of my buddies and I said, hey, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about the second half. I felt like probably the first few minutes of that second half was going to be a key. If, if Arkansas could stretch out that lead, uh, maybe they could probably coast. But if Florida got going and got a little bit of confidence, it could turn into a dogfight. I mean, as it turns out, I, I mean, my worries were legit, but my thought process was off because Arkansas came out, they extended that lead to 15 right away. Then uh, the second half got out, I think it was 45 to 30. But then Florida really turned it on. Uh, you know, Mike White, he, he gets a lot of crap as, as the coach at Florida. And, and I agree. I think he underachieves on an annual basis, you know, given the talent that he has on his roster. He coached his butt off at times last night. It was a chess match between him and Eric Musselman. Bear with me for a minute on a little bit of chalk talk, but it, it was impressive. You know, Arkansas has made a killing uh, really an SEC play with their half-court trap where they just bring Justin Smith off of his man and, and they throw that soft double at whoever the playmaker is to get the ball out of his hands, right? So usually if someone's trapping you offensively, you kind of teach, like if, if your man leaves to go trap or double the ball handler, then you present yourself to get the ball because naturally you should be open. Your man just, just left to go guard somebody else. And that's what Arkansas wants. They just want to get the ball out of the playmaker's hands. Put it in somebody else's. Well, Mike White said, screw that. If Smith goes and leaves to trap, then I'm going to send his man down into the paint. And so he would send Smith's man down into the paint to screen, a pin-down screen on Connor Vanover, and then turn and seal him off. And that was a savvy move because what that meant is Castleton, who's really good post player for Florida, was able to get freed up and he could catch and attack from the high post, or if, if whoever went and didn't set that pin down screen on Vanover had him sealed, then they could dump it in there. It kind of took Arkansas's goalie, as, as Musselman likes to call it, out of the equation. It, that really sparked Florida's rally there. Now, Musselman adjusted pretty quick, but it burned them a couple times. They had to get out of it for a while. 
I thought the baseline out-of-bounds plays from Florida, that those hurt the Hogs for a while in the second half. They were getting Castleton, some of those other big guys, really good post-up looks underneath out of those sets and getting some easy layups. But like I said, it's a chess match, right? So Arkansas got burned on it a couple times. So then what does Must do? On an, on an inbounds play, as soon as Castleton catches, boom, he sends Justin Smith to double. Arkansas comes up with a big steal. Okay? Good back and forth between the coaches there. You know, Arkansas got started getting hit a little bit uh, with the ball screens. Florida was setting them deep, like inside the arc, close to the elbow. And that's really hard to defend because there's not that much ground to cover to get to the rim when a team can set those ball screens so deep. So then it puts you in a position where, you know, I'm kind of in no man's land or we have to commit to a switch, which is going to create a mismatch. Uh, and, and Florida started getting some layups off of that. But Arkansas adjusted. Arkansas adjusted. They started pushing those screens back out. They started rotating better on help side. And they negated it, especially down the stretch. I, I thought the Hogs got a little bit loose there for that, that segment when Florida made their run. Um, some turnovers, kind of some wild shots, you know, a little bit of erratic play. But, you know, all of a sudden you look up and, and we're under five minutes to go. That 15-point lead turned into Arkansas being down one, 62 to 61. The momentum was gone. The building was kind of deflated. It started to look like we were witnessing a collapse. Am I right? But one play by Devo Davis changed the trajectory of that game. When he came away with the ball, went coast to coast for that layup and transition. Listen, I, maybe there were, I don't know, 2,000 people or something, but Bud Walton Arena erupted on that play. It was loud, and the momentum shifted like that. It flipped the switch for Arkansas. And for that final four minutes and 40 seconds, they absolutely locked down defensively the rest of the game. Some of the best defense that Arkansas has played all season. Cashed in, I think they were 8 of 10 from the free throw line down the stretch. Finished the game on a 14-2 run. Boom. Pick up your second quad one win in a row. Really well done closing that game out. Florida's a good team. Florida's an NCAA tournament team, so that's back-to-back -back games where Arkansas has knocked off an NCAA tournament team. So that narrative of, well, they haven't beaten anybody, well, find something else if you're a naysayer because they have. Okay? They're rolling. Justin Smith I thought was incredible. You know, 15 points on 7 of 9 shooting, that's the type of efficiency you want to see from that man. Six rebounds, five steals, and two blocks. He's all over the stat sheet. I really liked what I saw from him offensively. You know, at Missouri, he showed off the jumper that he's been working on. He needs to continue to work on it, but hey, he, he hit a three. He hit probably about a 15-footer out there against Missouri. Well, Tuesday night against Florida, he was working in the post. So he was getting some isolations, backing his man down, showing the nice jump hook over the left shoulder, good touch. You like to see that from Justin Smith, to be able to take his man one-on-one -on -one in the post and get a bucket, that's good stuff. Florida's coach Mike White after the game talked about how he thinks Smith might be the best cutter in the league, and I agree. High IQ guy, so he really times those things up well, you know, reads his defenders, reads the eyes of his teammate, and boom, cuts all of a sudden, there he is, wide open for a layup or a dunk. That's good stuff. He handled the ball a lot against pressure. How many times did you see Justin Smith bring the ball up against pressure last night? He doesn't have the tightest handle in the world, but he did it. He had confidence. He didn't turn it over. It's 
good stuff. Musselman said that he was a next-level player the last couple games, and I agree. A dominant SEC player the last couple games. That's good stuff. Devo, and we talked about the play he made there, but he led the team with 18 points, and it's just Devo doing Devo things at this point, right? I mean, like like us Musselman said, and it was such an awesome quote that I wrote it down here, but <laughs> he was talking about that play in particular, and he said, you just kind of hold your breath when Devo's got the ball. He just kind of figures out a way to slither to the rim and get by people, and it's not like I'm telling him to hold up. I don't know what he's going to do in there, but he's going to do something, and it's true. Sometimes he's like, he's a little wild, and you just take the good with the bad, and, and more often than not, as of late, it's been good. Love to see the development from him. That's good stuff. When you have freshmen that are contributing on a good team in SEC play like this, that's good stuff. And recruits take notice. They absolutely do. Jalen Tate played well again. Man, he's so important to this team. For good, better or worse, right? I mean, when he's good, he's really good. Think about some of the plays he made down the stretch against Kentucky, the free throws, the offensive rebound, right? Fast forward to the Missouri game, that huge block that he got defensively. And they made some key shots and key plays down the stretch against Florida. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He keeps them balanced and poised. He gets guys shots. He can make plays of his own. He defends. He's on the glass. When he's locked in, he's so good. When he's not, and we've seen some of those tough games that he's had. We talk about how important Justin Smith and his presence is on the floor. Tate's kind of the same way because in some of those games where he struggled and, and had the high turnover games, foul trouble and things like that, that's when Arkansas struggles. He got in a little bit of foul trouble last night, and, and Note came in. Uh, and, then, and listen, there's a little bit of a stretch where he was getting kind of dribble happy, but for the most part, he kind of kept him under control until Tate got back in there, and that was good. I, I do think, though, that Note is going to he's going to bust out with one of those big scoring nights coming soon. I think I'm calling it for this weekend, actually, at A&M. He's due for one. Moses Moody goes 3 of 14 from the field. That's not great, but he impacted the game in so many ways. Still wound up with 14 points. And then your duo inside, I really like this tandem, Connor Vanover and Jalen Williams. You know, Connor gets eight points. He sticks a three, gets a dunk, a couple blocks. Jalen Williams comes in there. He pulls down 10 rebounds which is fantastic, 
and he played great defense, great post-defense on Castleton. That Castleton kid can play. He's got some footwork down there. He's, he's one of the better post players in the SEC. Williams did a really good job on him. So that's seven straight wins now for the Hogs. And you take a look at it, they improved to 17-5, and five, and they avoided that top 25 hangover. Okay, and, I, and I kidded earlier about people being you know, concerned about that coming into the game as soon as Arkansas got ranked. But it's a real thing. Okay, a lot of times teams get that ranking that they've been fighting for and looking for, and then all of a sudden it's, oh, cool, we made it. And you get a little bit comfortable, and you take your foot off the gas, and, and maybe you think you're a little bit better than you are, and you slip up. They avoided that. They picked up another good win. So you avoid the top 25 hangover. Now you have to avoid falling victim to a trap game this weekend. Hey, because it's really easy to look at the potential of an Arkansas-Alabama top 20, number one versus number two in the SEC matchup next week and forget all about Saturday's trip to Texas A&M. You know, speaking of teams who haven't played in a while, so, so Arkansas goes to College Station on Saturday. You know, Texas A&M has been on pause for what seems like forever now. I mean, Arkansas is supposed to play them on, what, February 6th? And that game didn't happen. They haven't played since. And they didn't play before that. They were set to return from their COVID break and play Alabama on Thursday before Arkansas came to town. But that game has been postponed because of all the winter weather in the South. So for the second game in a row, Arkansas is going to be facing a team straight off of one of those extended layoffs. So it's, it's hard to say what you're going to get. You know, the Aggies aren't really having a good year. You know, but you, you do know what you're going to get to a degree from a Buzz Williams team. right? They're going to be tough. They're going to be physical. They're going to try to grind you out. That's usually how it goes with his type of team. You know, they're 8-7 and seven overall. They've only played 15 games. That's wild. 2-6 and six in SEC play. Their, their two SEC wins are over uh, Auburn and Mississippi State. Okay. Now, what I will say about the Aggies, when they're able to dictate tempo and play those grinders, those ugly basketball games like they like to play, they'll hang around in games. I mean, they, they played Ole Miss and LSU fairly close. They actually won their last game, uh, which was in the SEC Big 12 Challenge against Kansas State. Their last game was the SEC Big 12 Challenge. That was January 30th. It's going to be nearly three weeks since they've played when Arkansas comes to town on Saturday. That's wild to me. We talked about how it's different going from, from practice shape to game shape and things like that. Well, they didn't do anything at all for an extended period of time, and, and now they've kind of returned back to practice. That's a long break. You know, looking at the Aggies, I mean, he's got, they're scoring 63 points per game this season. Uh, they slow down the pace. They've only allowed 65, to be fair. Uh, that's not a lot of points. You know, it's another team that comes in shooting about 30% from three. So, I mean, cool. I guess you can pretty much chalk them up for, what, a dozen or so on Saturday. I'm only half kidding. I mean, you think about Kentucky and Mizzou. Those are two other teams that shot 30% or lower from three coming into the game, and, and they both had season-high efforts. Now, uh, you know, again, some of that was part of the scouting report. 
from Musselman, hey, we want to keep these guys away from the basket, away from the rim, out of the paint, and we'll live with role players hitting threes. Well, for Kentucky and, and Missouri, those guys did hit threes. I'm not sure A&M has the same caliber of player that Kentucky and Missouri does, but you never know. It's a lot of the same faces from last year. Uh, and, and honestly, Texas A&M gave Arkansas some fits. This is a very different Arkansas team this year, but you know, you'll remember some of the names. You, if you go up and down the roster, you know, Emmanuel Miller leading them in scoring and rebounds, 15 points per game, eight boards. Then uh, you've got that, that, you know, group of guys who you feel like have been there forever. You know, Quentin Jackson, Andre Gordon, J.J. Chandler, Savion Flagg. I feel like Savion Flagg's been at Texas A&M for a decade. Right, but all those guys are in there averaging, you know, somewhere between 8 and 10 points per game. They brought in a transfer big man in Kevin Marfo uh, that they were really high on. He's only he's only given them three points and four boards per game. I, I want to say he led the country in rebounding last year, you know, at a, at a mid-major. Um, I think they probably expected a little bit more out of him. You know, if you're Arkansas and, and you're playing a team that's been off for so long, you know, for three weeks like that, and they like to slow it down anyway, I think you've got to push the tempo in every way possible. You know, you can't come out flat. Be aggressive defensively like you were last night. Get the ball up the floor, attack in transition. Because this is a team, I think, if you build a double-digit lead on early, they're going to have a heck of a time stringing together enough points to come back. I was actually looking at some of their stats earlier today, and 68 points is the highest that Texas A&M has scored on a Power 5 team this year. 68 points. They scored 68 on Kansas State, the highest they've scored on a Power 5 this team this year. A lot of low 60s and a lot of 50s. So I think that tells you all you need to know about the emphasis for Arkansas on Saturday. You know, if if Arkansas takes care of business again, you you don't want to assume anything, right? And they're not. Hey, they're, t they're taking this one game at a time. You know, if you listen to Musselman or Justin Smith, for example, after the game, it was, hey, the only thing the ranking does is puts a, it puts a target on our backs, is what Justin Smith said, and that's true. Okay, so, you know, those guys have to stay focused and avoid the letdown. But if they do and they take care of business this weekend, I mean, you're looking at 18-5 and five overall, 10-4 and four in SEC play. That's, that's good. That's top 20 stuff. Got to get it done, but if they do, uh, you know, with another quad one win over Florida, then you can probably expect another bump in the polls next week, and then you're set up with those games against Alabama and LSU rematches in Bud Walton Arena. It's a shame that that building can't be packed out. Could you imagine the atmosphere? I mean, it, it got pretty fired up last night. Like I said, there might have been 2,000 people in there. But could you imagine that matchup next week if, if they could pack that house? It'd be fun. But I bet it gets pretty rowdy anyway. You take a look at the SEC standings now, and, and Arkansas, they sit all alone in second place in the league. It's good. Alabama's got a pretty good cushion there naturally, but Arkansas is starting to separate themselves a little bit. 
you handle your business again this weekend, then you have an opportunity to cement yourself into that spot, that second spot going into Nashville. It's right there for you next week with Bama and LSU coming to town. Honestly, really, even with a split. Because LSU is the team on your heels right now. Beat them. Give yourself another game of cushion. You're in a good spot. Taking a look at the net rankings, I mean, Arkansas is up to number 24 now. Again, a great position to be. They, they've stayed in a pretty solid spot in those net rankings since they were first released. But up to 24. You know, we talked about the, you know, the quad one games, you know, against those elite opponents that, that have been hurting them. Arkansas is three and four now in quad one games, six and one in quad two. That's solid. And honestly, if, if Kentucky wins over Vanderbilt, is that tonight? I think I think it's this evening. Uh, you know, that win likely becomes a quad one because a quad one road win is over a top 75 opponent. Kentucky sets at number 76 in the net. Then you'd be 500 in those games. The resume is really starting to look good, starting to look strong. Ken Palm, which I love, you know, has you at number 21 in the country overall now, 35th in adjusted offensive efficiency, and 21st in adjusted defensive efficiency. I mean, that's a sign of a good team, a balanced team. And you look at the scoring numbers and things like that, and you think, yeah, this is a pretty pretty balanced Arkansas team. And then you look at the analytics, and it's true. It's true. Ken Palm, which I, I love their projections because they're, they're just so detailed with everything they go into. They, they project Arkansas to finish 20-6 and six overall and 12-5 and and in the SEC. I think that's assuming that the A&M game doesn't get made up the one that was postponed. The only loss they see the rest of the way is uh, Alabama, which they have as a two-point game. Okay. I'd take, I'd take 20 and 6, wouldn't you? You take a look at bracketology, Arkansas is starting to get the love. They're starting to get that bump. You want to keep the good times rolling. Lenardi bumped them up to a 7 seed. That was before last night's win over Florida. Uh, the bracket matrix, which is that it's that compilation of you know all the reputable bracketologists, if you will, uh, has them up on the seven line as well. That's good. That's really good. And you, and you think about you know some of the things that we talked about in previous episodes, like all right, yeah, you know the number one goal is for Arkansas to make the field, get into the big dance, right? The return to March Madness. That's what you want to see. Well, now it's kind of like all right, can the Hogs maybe avoid? That seven through ten line. So, you, so you, if you win a game, you don't get matched up against a one seed or a two seed in the second round. They're starting to put themselves in position to do that. They're nearly a lock at this point to make the field, almost. Okay, and, and I do think if you win at A and M this weekend, you're in. Okay, even if even if Arkansas loses to Alabama and LSU, that that's not gonna that's not gonna hurt them that much. It's not gonna bump them out of the field. They drop four straight, and, and you have you know an A&M and a South Carolina mixed in there. Eh, I still think they're in pretty good shape, but I could see how it could bump them back a little bit. It could make things a little, little too close for comfort, right? But if you beat A&M, 
you know, those those slip ups and those bad losses, there, there aren't that many left to be had. You mentioned those makeup games. Still not sure about it, right? The, you know, the SEC says that they're committed to getting everyone as close to those 18 league games as they possibly can. Uh, you know, does Arkansas get that home game back with A&M? Man, I don't know. A&M has so many to make up now. I, I think they were already at four or five. And then the weather is costing this Alabama game. I just can't see them picking, you know, a, a game in Fayetteville as as the one that they make up during that week between the regular season and the SEC tournament. Maybe they will, or or do they give Arkansas someone else, you know, add an opponent, maybe to get them a home game, maybe someone that they haven't haven't already played twice. I don't know. It's gonna be really interesting. You know, Muslin was talking about it in his press conference. I guess it was last week, saying with the way these games are piling up, there's no way they're going to be able to make them all up during that one week that's built in. So he was wondering if they'd start adding games during the week. Maybe a situation where you play three in a week instead of two. I feel like if they were going to do that, you you, you kind of have to let people know. I don't know. It's really interesting. Really interesting. And again, the SEC tournament it, it's going to be so fascinating to see how they seed and, and format it with all these game discrepancies. You know, Arkansas right now, 9-4, and four, so they're 13 games in, and they're getting ready to play a Texas A&M team that's eight games in. That's wild. And I, that's why I think the best thing for Arkansas to do is keep on winning. right? Keep on winning. Ensure that you find yourselves in that top four at the end of the regular season. Get the double bye, and by the time you're up to play in the tournament, that mess will have taken care of itself. All right. Let's take a look at some questions and comments. You guys got to be feeling pretty good today, right? Let's see what we have here. Matt Bohannon says, Curtis, you're the best. Thank you. You're the best. Larry Brown says, Woo Pig Suey. Tony Dunham says Woo Pig Suey. Casey Ryder says Woo Pig Suey. That's I I love it. It's a theme. Everybody's excited. Matt Bohannon says, Why did Jalen Williams have the reputation of being soft out of high school? Okay. So that's <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up. Because I was thinking about just that the other day. I was I was going back looking through some of my old notes and evaluations and, and things like that. Now listen. The only time that I saw Jalen Williams play in a high school uniform, I saw him on the AAU circuits and things like that, but I saw him at the Tournament of Champions event up up near St. Louis where I where I used to live, and uh, and he he absolutely gave Walker Kessler, the five-star center at North Carolina, the business. Hey, and, and there was nothing soft about Jalen Williams on that night. I, I really think what that comes down to is if you think about you know, some of the high school competition in Arkansas. Uh, how many other guys that are 6'10 and Jalen Williams' size was he facing night in and night out? A lot of times he'd have somebody 6'3, 6'4 guarding him. And he's still putting up big numbers, okay, and, and, and he was dominant in many ways. Uh, but I think you just see that, you know, and it's kind of like a mouse in the house every possession down, and people are like, well, why isn't this guy scoring 40 and pulling down 25 rebounds a night? And, and I really, I think that was kind of unfair to him because, you know, I think what Jalen did do 
on the big stage in those high school games and playing with Woods, you know, on the AAU circuit, I, I think he proved his worth there, and that's why he became a top 100 recruit. Uh, I, I'm just not sure how challenged he is. And it's, it's not a knock on the level of high school basketball in Arkansas. I mean, you can see with the type of, of recruits that the state's churning out that it's come a long way. Uh, but night in, night out, he wasn't being challenged with guys his size and of his capabilities. I think that's what it was, honestly. The man ain't soft. He wasn't soft last night, was he? Lance Taylor says, let's go Hogs. Guillermo Azuna said, did they look tired in the beginning of the second half, or was it just Florida picking up the intensity? You know, I think it was a little bit of both, actually. You know, like I said, I, I kind of felt like right there in those last few minutes before the end of the first half that Florida kind of caught their second win, got their game legs back underneath them. I expected them to come out with a lot more intensity there in the second half, and they did. So so credit to Florida for that. I, I thought I saw maybe a little bit of fatigue creep in there for Arkansas. I mean, if you think about it, with with this last set of games, you know, think about last week, all the travel, physical games, you go to overtime on Saturday against a big, a big, heavy, strong Missouri team, and it's a quick turnaround because your midweek's on a Tuesday. So I could see that to a degree. I, I thought maybe it showed with some of the bunnies, you know, the layups that they were missing inside there when things got tight. But they turned it on and closed. And the good thing now is because you played your midweek on a Tuesday, you got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to recover. So you kind of get that extra day built in before you go to A&M. And then the schedule flips back to the midweek being on a Wednesday. So you get the normal amount of rest before Alabama comes in, which I think is huge. Michael Harris says, Woo Pig Suey. Lance Taylor, hope they keep fighting even though they're number 24. Yeah, I, I think last night was a good sign. I think last night was definitely a good sign. But they got off to a good start. You wonder about those things. You wonder if, if Arkansas was going to come out a little sluggish, right, with a lack of focus. They did not. They were very much focused and intense. And then even when things started, you know, dipping on them there and, and you gave up the lead and all the momentum, uh, they dug deep and fought back. And that was a heck of a way to close the game on a 14-2 run. So it was good to see. And, you know, again – you just got to avoid the letdowns. Don't get trapped by overlooking this Texas A&M team. And there's no way Musselman, there's no way Musselman's going to let that happen, right? Whatever, whatever prop or theme he comes up with, I think he'll be able to get the message across that they need to be ready to roll on Saturday. Tina Throneberry says, we've got great chemistry. Yeah, it's really come a long way. And, uh, you know, I got to give Musselman, really, and these guys a lot of credit. I mean, when you have 11 new faces, we've talked about it since the preseason, it might take this team a while to gel. And I thought they did a good job of, over the course of the non-conference, in games that, you know, you can avoid to, to make some mistakes and probably still win, right? I thought they did a good job of building that confidence and, and chemistry and kind of figuring out who they were. And then when Justin Smith went down, it reset everything. So all of a sudden they're battling to find a new identity because he was the glue guy on both ends of the floor. So it was a little bit of a setback. Once Justin came back, it, it took him a little while to kind of get back in rhythm again. But yeah, I, I definitely think they found it. Elizabeth Williams says, love the hogs, win or lose. Amen. 
She also says, great coach. I, I agree. I mean, it, you know, like I said last night, uh, from an X's and O's standpoint, that was a chess match. It was, it was really fascinating to watch, you know, the back and forth between Muss and Mike White there. Obviously, Muss got the better of him in the end, right? You love to see that. But from that to, to the marketing side of things, to recruiting, uh, Arkansas is fortunate to be in the position that they are right now with their head coach. He's doing a nice job. Parker Fenton says, do you expect Tate, Jackson, or Smith to come back another season given the COVID eligibility waiver situation? You know, I, I think it's less likely than kind of what you saw with football where you have so many guys come back. And, and the reason I feel that way is because there's so many more opportunities to go make money and make a living as a basketball player. And, and the earlier you start your professional career, the better and, and the longer you can play and make that money doing it. Right um, now, whether that's the G League or overseas or the NBA or, or whatever, I don't know. Uh, but I, you know, that doesn't mean I'd 100% rule it out. It really doesn't. You never know where everybody's mindset is. And I, I, I look at these three as, as solid players. I don't think any of them are going to get drafted necessarily. Um, that doesn't mean they couldn't latch on to a, you know, a G League contract and work their way into it, things like that. But, you know, if if I'm probably not projected to get drafted, I at least consider it, right? And and if Musselman and the coaching staff want those guys back and they can sell to them what coming back means, whether that's getting, you know, finishing your master's degree or, uh, you know, developing this part of your game to, to get you playing professionally, whatever it might be, then you got a fighting chance. Brian D. Umberson says, Florida is crying that they were rusty at this time of the year, getting your legs back and healing injuries is a major benefit. I think they had a neutral to positive position with the rest. Yeah, I mean, again, just like I said with, with Missouri not having Tillman last week and Arkansas not having Smith for that stretch and, you know, Arkansas having they had a they had a game canceled or postponed. They missed some time before they went to Kentucky at there are pros and cons to all that. That's just part of the game, and it's part of the reality of, of where we're at now. So I don't I don't necessarily like that excuse. I mean, it's, it's an easy one to throw out there, right? But even Mike White said, hey, you know, after the game, he said, listen, we, we practiced harder the last few days, and we played in the first half against Arkansas. So that's on them. Tyler Tober says, I said it on Trey's show, and I'll say again today, I understand a lot has happened, but going from first four out, last four in, to being ranked in the top 25 in two weeks is nothing short of insane. Yeah, that's that's a heck of a climb, isn't it? I mean, we were very much, you know, on bubble watch every time we come on this show for several weeks there. And honestly, at the end of the day, it's picking up those big wins. And You know, how many times have we talked about it where – it's like, man, you know, the record's good. They're in a pretty good spot in the SEC. Uh, what's missing here? And and we knew it was those quad one victories and beating those tournament teams. Well, now you knock off a couple of them. You're starting to separate yourselves, get seen on the national spotlight, and here you are. Now you just got to keep it rolling. George Ulmer says, how concerned are you with our continued struggles to finish at the rim? 
yeah, you definitely would like to finish a little bit better. And there was that, you know, they were really good in the first half and really good down the stretch, but there was that period of time in the second half where, I mean, how many possessions were there were Arkansas? It seemed like they missed three or four right there at the rim. They kept getting offensive rebounds or tipping it back out and missing again. And, you know, you don't want to see that. Uh, you know, there's been games where they've been better and more aggressive as of late, which is which is good. So hopefully that's progress. I know it's an area of emphasis. Uh, you want that to be better when you get in a tournament play where it's not that every possession doesn't matter now, but especially then when it's it's win or go home, you got to get the easy ones, right? So you'd like to see some improvement there. And then at the same time, I look at it and I say, well, they're 17-5. <laughs> so they're able to overcome that to a degree. But, yeah, it's it's definitely a concern, uh, an area of needed improvement. Hey, this team's not perfect. But if they do start finishing at a higher clip, and, and some of that is physicality, some of it is, is confidence, some of it is just luck, you know. Uh, but if they do, then they put themselves in a position where they can pull away in some of these games as opposed to have to scratch and claw like they have the last three. All three of these teams in, in Kentucky, Missouri, and Florida have been long, athletic, physical inside that naturally makes it tougher to finish around the rim. And all those games, you, you kind of had a lead, you squandered it, and then you, you had to you know scrap your way to a win at the end. Finishing a little bit better, and it's more comfortable down the stretch, which is good for my blood pressure. David Stover says, it was malicious. Go student section. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were they were just booing Appleby like crazy every time he touched the ball. Uh, like I said, they, they did it to Devin Smith from Mississippi State. You know, I'm sure they'll probably pick, I don't know, what, Quinterly or, or somebody when Alabama comes to town. So, But, yeah, it, I think it definitely gets in the head of guys. You think about the turnovers that Smith had in that game. You think about the turnovers that Appleby had. Now, a lot of it's Arkansas's defense, right? But at some point, if it's like, man, if I was out there, I'm, every time I touch the ball and, and people are going nuts like that, at some point I would probably be like, God, man, you guys take it easy, you know? Jim Lowe says, why does Vanover play away from the rim? He's cash in the bank playing inside. Either with feeds or free throws, he could be as efficient as Oliver Miller once was. Yeah, I, I think part of it's by design in the offense, and he has been shooting the three better, which is good, because when he's a threat out there and he's playing on the perimeter, naturally what happens is it drags out the center from the other team because they have to respect Connor on the perimeter. Well, that takes a shot blocker and a rim protector out of the lane and opens up driving lanes for guys like Devo and, and Tate and Moody and everybody else. So that's why he does it. But he has been mixing it up more inside, hasn't he? He looks pretty good doing it. Starting to go up with more authority with two hands uh, and dunking that thing around the rim. You know, still still getting beat up on a little bit in there at times, but he had a, had a nice jump hook against Missouri. Uh, playing a little more aggressive. You're seeing him start to mix in the pick and roll, which they're hitting him on quite a bit, uh, as opposed to just the the ball screen and then flaring out on on the pick and pop and looking for the three so starting to become more of a versatile threat there uh, and that's good to see and he's also a really good passer out of the post he doesn't have to score it right every time he catches on the block he's a really good passer and he hits guys like Justin Smith on those cuts I like seeing him in there he's really come a long way 
right, in, in the last two or three weeks. And, and you think about him just being a sophomore and hopefully being able to put some more strength and weight on. And, uh, you know, between him and Jalen uh, Williams, you're in a pretty good spot inside for the next couple of years, I do believe. James McGinnis says, purpose, excuse me, personally, I think rankings are stupid. I mean, it does give our local media something to talk about, but I can't think of 23 teams that are better than this team. Wu-Pig Sui, Justin Smith was a man last night, and Devo loved the way he plays. Yeah, 100% agree on Smith and Devo. Uh, the rankings, yeah, I mean, I I feel the same way. You know, I, I look at some of those teams that are ranked ahead of Arkansas right now and think, man, I, I really like the Hawks' chances against those guys. I, I also look at some teams that are behind Arkansas and say, eh, I don't know that I like that matchup. But I do think it's important, and it has value, uh, just in terms of the spotlight it puts you under. You know, we had we had one of our subscribers on the on the Razor's Edge message board last night that said, you know, what I love about being ranked is I can just go to, you know, whatever whatever site it is where I'm trying to find scores or news or whatever, and Arkansas is right there on the front page now because they're ranked, and I don't have to go through 10 clicks and scroll in to try to find things. That's important. You're in the spotlight now. It gives you a little bit more uh Visibility, I guess, is, is the word, and, and that's good because you're being seen now by, you know, more talking heads. It gives you more prestige in your program. You're more visible to recruits, especially those who are, who are out of state, right? They don't get that local media coverage. They're seeing Arkansas on, on Sports Center and things like that. That's good. So that's the plus side of it. But I, I do agree, it, you know, you take a poll of a bunch of coaches or, or the AP writers or whatever and, and tally up the votes. Is that necessarily a reflection of, you know, exactly how the teams stack up? Probably not. But there's some positives to it for sure. Casey Bandy says, why do we let teams catch up? Do we get too comfortable when we have a big lead? We had two solid leads against Kentucky. They caught back up both times. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's kind of a game-to-game thing yeah I mean it could happen for different reasons in, in Kentucky's case they were just red hot from three and that'll get you back into a game quick I, I I think at times some of it could be you know where Arkansas tries to start playing the possession game a little bit right and they kind of get out of the rhythm and the flow that they had offensively because they're trying to kill a little bit of clock uh, and, and just kind of milk out the game and sometimes that gets you a little bit too comfortable and too lethargic and then teams can put a little bit of a run on you um you know, against Florida, I, I I really do think that they just kind of caught their second wind there in the second half, and, and they started playing a lot better. Teams make adjustments, and, and Mike White did, and they made a run, and then Musk made his adjustments, and Arkansas was able to kind of quell that run and then extend it back out. But, yeah, you would love it when you get a double-digit lead in the second half to just go ahead and maybe extend it out and, and I don't know, win by 15 or 20 as opposed to letting it get tied up or giving up the lead or going to overtime and having a scratch and claw. But a win is a win is a win, right? Tim Eskew says, I usually don't look to next year, but how are we going to fill the holes of Justin Smith, Jalen Tate, and Moses Moody next year? Haven't seen a ton of recruiting information, certainly not another top 10 class. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit deceiving, though. I mean, if, if you take a look at it, you do have a freshman coming in and Chance Moore. Uh, you know, six five wing, who was really rated as, as one of the top prospects in the country. I mean, he was a top thirty guy. Battled a lot of injuries and things last year. Obviously, didn't have the the summer circuit 
to kind of boost his stock back up. But he's playing at McEachern as a, as a senior down in Georgia, and that's a really strong program. He's having a heck of a senior year. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a bump. Um, you know, is, is he a, a player that can come in and be, you know, a Moses Moody type of contributor next year? I, I don't know about that. Uh, but I definitely think he's a guy that could come in and make an impact and help the team. Uh, then you got a couple transfers. So Akoma Wine, the 6'9 Juco power forward, uh, you know, is ranked as the top top junior college power forward in the country coming in. Another another stretch guy. So you'll see what you have there. Can he kind of fill that Vance Jackson type of mold? And then Kamani Johnson, the, the transfer from Little Rock. So another 6'7, 215 pound guy that likes to get physical. He likes to rebound, does a really nice job of finishing through contact, getting to the free throw line, and converting from there. Uh, and, and he's been already been in practice with the team the entire semester, so uh, already forming some of that chemistry. And then there's still a spot open, you know, and, and I would imagine there very well may be another one. So, you know, looking ahead at the roster, are there, are there a couple holes that you worry about how you're going to replace some of these guys? Yeah, but you worried about how you're going to replace Mason and Isaiah. And, and, you know, so far they've done enough to improve as a team overall. So hopefully they can continue to do that. And, you know, Musselman's going to be all over the transfer portal. So uh, I, there's little doubt in my mind that the talent will be in the room next season for sure. Brian Emerson says Florida used tons of moving screens, and I don't think they ever got a foul. They did. They did, especially on those little pick and rolls. They – uh they definitely did not have their feet set quite often there. Casey Bandy says, we need to slow the game down. Yeah, it got sped up a little bit. I mean, it's hard sometimes when you're getting pressed and trapped. And, and see, that I think that was part of it in the second half because early in the game, you know, Florida was still trapping, pressing, and things like that. And Arkansas just picked it apart and got layups. And then the second half, you are trying to kill the clock a little bit. Um, you know, and, and just get the game over with. So it puts you back on your heels a little bit. Well, when teams are pressing you, that's what they want. And I think that's what led to some of the indecisiveness and, and the turnovers and sloppy play and things like that. Let's see. With COVID, do these seniors have the option of returning? We kind of touched on that. Brian Armerson says, team would be amazing if Smith and Tate came back. Yeah, if they got them both, that would be awesome. George Ulmer says, how do we get J.D. Note more involved? Um, I think that's up to J.D. Note. You know, I really do because here's the thing. He's going to get his opportunities, right? He's going to get at least one rotation in the first half and the second half, and it's all about if he comes in and makes the best of it. So he, he's been improving a lot on the defensive end, honestly, but, you know, his, his biggest value is as a scorer. Right, so when the team needs baskets, or when he comes in, you know, if he's able to get going a little bit, uh, he's going to play more. Right, and if he's if he's if he's struggling and, and missing shots or forcing things and stuff like that, this team has proved they're deep enough to 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 be able to win. You know, without him or without another guy on a given night. Like I said, though, uh, he's due. He's too talented of a player and too good of a scorer to not be more heavily involved. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get going a little bit on Saturday. Okay, more about the seniors. You guys want Tate, Jackson, and Smith back, huh? I like it. Been good additions. George Omer says, is Bebe available now? Yeah, Abiyomi Iiola. 
right? The 6'9 transfer from Stetson. Poor guy. I mean, he, he had to sit out all last season with Connor Vanover and J.D. Note and, and was set to be eligible this year. Tore his ACL and summer workouts, but he's battled all the way back. Uh, was hoping to be cleared by maybe late January. The trainers wanted to see a little bit more from a strength standpoint from him. Uh, was in uniform last night, warming up with the team. So, yeah, I, I assume he's available now. Um, that's really good to see. Brian Umerson says, what's going on at A&M with managing COVID during football and basketball season? I, I don't know. They've had a hard time with it, especially basketball as of late. Man, that's a that's a long break. Hate it for them because you just want the kids to have every opportunity to play. And and obviously you want them to be safe and healthy and all those things. And, and I assume and hope that, that all of them are, but uh, – you know, as rough as this situation has been on all of us, you know, for those kids especially, you just want to be able to, to do what they love to do, right, and, and be able to play and compete. So hopefully they don't have any more pauses. Andrew Sawyer says, what seed do you think we will end up with? Well, I, I tell you what, um, if, if you avoid the letdowns, let's say you go 2-2 two and two, um, over the next four games. And you, you beat A&M, you beat South Carolina, but you lose both at home next week. I don't think that's going to happen. But let's say you do. I think you're probably in that 7-8 seed range. Now, uh, you know, if, if, if you win the games you're supposed to win and you split with Alabama and LSU, especially if you, if you knock off Alabama, a highly ranked team like that, uh, I could see Arkansas jumping up into that 5-6 range. Um, and then pending what you do in the SEC tournament with the opportunities you have. George Homer says, Curtis, the only good thing about this weather is that I get to stay home and watch the Hog Sports shows. I like that. I like that. A lot of people on here today. It's exciting. Uh, let's see here. Raider Neil Blackman says, let's go Razorbacks, Woo Pig. Andrew Sawyer says, Woo Pig Suey, let's go. J.W. Hill says, this team knows how to close like Mariano Rivera. 6-0 at Mizzou and 13-0 versus Gators. I, that's a good comparison right there. 13-2, whatever. Still close it out, yeah. I love it. Corey Coleman says, Woo Pig Suey. J.W. Hill says, what is Georgia's Kempom? That 30-point blowout is looking better and better. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what their Kimpom is, but they look like a different team since they played Arkansas, don't they? They've been rattling off some pretty nice wins. Got Missouri last night. Again, you know, whatever. Missouri didn't have Tillman, but uh, came back in that game and won by 10. It's a good bounce back for them after getting thumped a little bit by Alabama. But, yeah, they're, they're doing well. Were they closing in on 500 in SEC play? Corey Coleman says, I think we can make a good run in the big dance if we can cut out a lot of the careless turnovers. Yeah, some of those things are self-inflicted. You know, you'd like to see those go away. Really good in the first half, really sharp. I think they only had three turnovers in the first half and then got sloppy there in the second. George Homer says, Curtis, who's a better coach, you or Muss? Muss. <laughs> Muss, for sure. There's, there's no doubt about it. I just hope that I can understand enough of what he's doing from my experience to relay it back to you guys. Gil McGarity says one of the best player one of the Hogs best players came from Indiana. That's right. That's right. Justin Smith. 
Brian McLean says, not sure if he's playing hurt, but we're going to need Desi down the stretch. Yeah, I agree. You know, is there another level that this team can go to? You wonder about, you know, you ask about J.D. Note and how to get him more involved with his scoring capabilities. And you think about a guy like Desi and the things he's done in the past. Um, I think I think part of it is, you know, being a little banged up, things of that nature with that shoulder. I think some of it might be might be a little bit of confidence. And then I think some of it might be other guys like Devo really stepping up. And and you need you need guys like that on the floor. But just like I think JD is going to have a game here pretty soon where he gets it going, so is Desi. He's he's too talented, works too hard, plays with that chip on his shoulder, you know, that, that kind of underdog mentality that that you love about him. Um I'd be surprised if he doesn't have a big game at some point. Spencer Bartlett says, would you rather carry a winning streak into the NCAA tourney or get a loss out of the way before? Sometimes a streak uh, may make guys play not to lose as opposed to playing to win. Um, I mean, I just assume them win, what, like 12 in a row and, and, and win the national championship, right? But, no, I, I understand what you're saying there. I, I don't necessarily think a loss would be a bad thing at some point here. Um, Maybe I would rather that happen in, in, in the SEC tournament or even even that last game of the regular season at South Carolina because they've, they've beat some good teams. Um, you know, if you can keep the streak rolling until then, it's not really going to matter. But I understand that. Just kind of reset you a little bit, right? Get you refocused, humbled a little bit, and, and, and get you hungry. Kind of puts that chip back on your shoulder, you know, like we just we just talked about a little bit. But listen, if they if they run the table between now and then, I I'm, I'm going to be as high as ever on the Razorbacks, no doubt about it. Corey Coleman says we're going to need another big man for next year when Vanover or Williams get in foul trouble or need rest. Hopefully, you can get 20 minutes out of both of them and cover that. But they'll have options though. If they need that, you know, Ethan, Bebe, they could even go go small with a guy like a, a Cole coming in or, or Kamani even if they wanted to play super small, um, and they like to do that at times. Gary Dimmitt says, the Hogs' defense better this year than last year. I know that was Coach Muss's goal for this year. Yeah, overall, I think it definitely is, and, and the reason why is because they can protect the rim a lot better than they used to be able to. The three-point defense isn't as good. Um as it was last year, obviously, when they led the country. Uh, but Arkansas got hurt last season because they were so undersized. And teams could drive by them and get to the lane. And, and hey, Adrian O'Bailey did a nice job, but the level of rim protection is a little bit different now. And with the things you can do with, with the length and the ability of guys like Tate and Smith and then having you know that combination of Connor's 10-foot-long arms altering shots and Jalen Williams, you know, being physical in there and taking charges. You're rebounding better. Uh, so I, I do think this is a better defensive team this year. And Devo, he might be your best on-ball defender. Isaac Rowley says this team is on a roll. Close games lately, but they are looking good. Must have done a fantastic job. I agree. Buck Willie says two quad one wins in a row headed in the right direction. It might be three if Kentucky can win tonight. That's true. We talked about that. That would be good. John Ellison says, projections show playing Oklahoma State first round 
do you like that rematch? First of all, I I would love that rematch because I I think that's a team that Arkansas is capable of beating. Um, I was listening to Jerry Palm, um, one of the one of the bracketology guys on the radio, and he said, you know, obviously he saw that, but that the committee would make every effort to avoid a, like a regular season matchup like that especially in the first round. The number one thing is avoiding like a, a an interconference matchup. Like they wouldn't put Arkansas against another SEC team. I think that's through the first two rounds that they make sure to avoid that. And then the next most important thing is to avoid that kind of regular season rematch. So I'd, I'd be surprised if that happened. Gil McGarry says the Hawks are proven they know how to finish. Some teams are good, but they always lose a close game. Yeah, it's, it's good to see them closing down the stretch. You know, that's one thing that I worried about during the non-conference when, you know, they were kind of winning all these games blown away, you want them to be a little bit more battle-tested. Well, there is no doubt they are battle-tested now with some of these games over the course of the last week. Buck Willie says, no Tay will never be the same since Muss has pulled him back. He's the kind of kid that you have to live with a few bad shots because he has the ability to give you 30 on a given night. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Muss is big about giving guys freedom, um, I think it's kind of a fine line with JD, right? In terms of he doesn't want him to get tunnel vision, uh, you know, and, and wants him to, to keep everybody involved and, you know, kind of operate a little bit more as a point guard, especially when Tate's not in the game and, and he fills that role. But it is a fine balance because he, listen, he wants no Tate to go get buckets, okay? There's no doubt about that. So um, I agree, striking that balance can be a little bit challenging at times, but I, I think he's going to be okay. I do. Les Rissner says, in 94, Kentucky beat the Hogs in the SEC tournament, and of course, the rest is history. This is true. Yeah, that's a good point. You talk about taking a loss at some point uh, before the NCAA tournament. Worked that year, didn't it? That's awesome. Man, a lot of comments, a lot of feedback today. That's great. I appreciate it. Gone for over an hour. I'm going to wrap this thing up. It's a good show today. It's a lot of fun. Everybody's excited about the Razorbacks. They're playing well. Seven-game SEC win streak in the top 25. It's got to keep the good times rolling. Saturday, uh, Arkansas and Texas A&M, 7.30 p.m., so it's a little bit of a late start. I think that game is televised on the SEC Network. We will be back uh, after the Alabama game for the next episode, so that will be Thursday of next week. As, as, as always, guys, you know, thank you so much for tuning in. The questions, the comments, the feedback, uh, that's awesome. Really appreciate you guys, like always. Definitely looking forward to joining you next week on Hog Hoops Live. You guys have a good weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? Bow. 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 